You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Get Positive Results on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Teody Anderson. Thanks for joining us today. If you go to any store these days, it seems that they're full of back-to-school supplies. And I am completely in denial. I am not ready for summer to be over. Now, I'm well aware that some of you live in areas where your summer isn't going to be over, maybe not even year-round. But for a lot of us, we live in a place where it gets colder. So I am clinging to the last vestiges of summer, which is an excuse to use vestiges in a sentence, but also because I'm in denial. So today, I'm going to be talking about some end-of-summer fun you can have with your dog. And I'm even going to throw in a recipe. So we'll have more information right after these messages. We'll be right back right after these messages. Stay tuned. Pet Life Radio, the number one pet radio network on the planet, joins forces with iHeartRadio to put the power of your pets in your pocket. Awesome. Download the iHeartRadio app and rock Pet Life Radio on your phone, on your tablet, on your Xbox, in your car. Pet talk, pet tunes, and fun pet times. Pet Life Radio and iHeartRadio. Positively possum. It's dinner time in America. Where more pet parents trust PetSmart for natural and expert recommended foods than any place else. And now, we've added more than 100 new varieties to our already wide selection of your favorite brands. Like Simply Nourish, Authority, Wellness, Science Diet, and more. Do what's best for your pet. At PetSmart, happiness in store. Go to PetSmartDeal.com to find out this week's coupon code and save up to 30% on food, treats, toys, and more. And get free shipping on orders of $49. Go to PetSmartDeal.com. P-E-T-S-M-A-R-T-D-E-A-L.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Get Positive Results on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Teodi Anderson. So all my friends with kids are talking about back to school. They're purchasing supplies. They're getting their kids ready for the next phase of their educational journey, whatever grades they're leaping into. College kids are headed back already in my area. I live in South Carolina, so they've already started heading back to school as well. And uh, I'm not ready for that. I love summer. I love the warmer months. While it doesn't get as cold here in South Carolina as it does for some of you, I realize that as well, it still gets cold. And a lot of things you really want to do with your dog in the summer, it's really only fun to do in the warmer months. You can certainly adapt it for colder months, but I'm going to talk today about different fun things you can close out your summer. If you've been busy with your summer and you haven't had a chance to spend some extra time with your dog, hopefully this will inspire you to make some trips. And if you're lucky enough to live in an area that is warm all the time, then you can add these to your agenda as well. First of all, preparation is important. And I'm a planner. That's who I am. I like to plan. And so I'm going to start with that planning tips that I have for you today are going to apply to just about anything you do outside in the heat. 
it gets really hot here in South Carolina. We've been lucky the last couple of days. It's been in the high 80s, but it is going to easily leap back up to high 90s in the hundreds. And I know some of you have even hotter than that. My sister used to live in Arizona, and it was ridiculously hot. They can call it a dry heat all they want, but it's still really, really hot. It's really important that if you're going to go on an outdoor adventure with your dog, prepare your dog for the heat. Keep in mind, too, that darker dogs are dark brown dogs or black dogs are going to absorb heat more than a light-colored dog. So you're going to have to keep an extra eye out for them. One thing you can do, even if you're just going for a walk rather than a, a bigger adventure, is you can spritz them down with cold water before you even start. Go ahead and start them off a little cooler. You can keep a nice water bottle full of water in the fridge so it's nice and refreshing. You take them outside in that heat, spritz them down, and then you're ready to go. Now, if you are a person who uses a water bottle for discipline, this is not the idea for you because your dog is going to think he's being punished. That's one of several reasons why I don't like to use water bottles for discipline. First of all, your dog only learns to listen to you when you have a water bottle in your hand, and that's not really efficient. But also, water bottles come in handy for lots of different things, and you don't want to associate them with punishment. So if your dog already thinks the water bottle is evil, you can either just skip the tip altogether or find a reward-based trainer in your area to help you overcome that and to teach your dog that it's not a punishment after all. I once knew a woman who used the water bottle as a deterrent to her dog. Whenever he was chewing on something, she'd spray him with water. Whenever he was barking, she'd spray him with water. When I went to her house, she had water bottles, empty water bottles, all over the house. They were by the litter box. They were by on the counters. They were everywhere. And at first when I walked in, I'm like, is this some sort of art statement? Is this how she decorated her house? And then she told me that she used the water bottle on her puppy and he would stay away from it because he was afraid of it. So she ended up decorating her entire house with these water bottles. You don't need to do that to discipline your dog. But anyway, keep water in the fridge, nice little spritz before you take your walk or go on your hike and your dog will be refreshed. Don't forget to carry water with you. Water for you, water for the dog. You can keep ice with you as well. There was something going around Facebook recently about ice water being dangerous to dogs. Veterinarians have discounted that. A lot of really reliable vets, some good friends of mine as well in the veterinary profession, have chimed in and said, ice water's fine, so don't let that deter you as well. There are some dogs that when they're being really active and having a really good time, they don't want water. You know they need it. You can tell that they need it, but they're just not interested in drinking. Sometimes they're too involved in their environment or too distracted by squirrels, and they just don't want to drink. So for those kinds of dogs, be sure you just take frequent breaks and you just relax and don't let them walk around and don't let them explore until they calm down and chill out and they'll have some water because you really don't want them to get dehydrated or have some heat stroke. Another thing people forget are their dog's paws. They forget that they don't wear sneakers and their dog's paws are very vulnerable when we take them outdoors, especially in the heat. If you were to take off your shoes and socks and go stand on asphalt, I don't think you could stay there for very long in some of our temperatures. It's really, really hot. And that's how it feels to your dog. They have tough pads on their paws, but they're not impermeable. They are going to suffer when they're out on asphalt. I once worked with a client. This happened before he came to me, but he got a German Shepherd puppy and he was having trouble because during the walk, the German Shepherd puppy started pulling and pulling and pulling. And this puppy was a very large 
German Shepherd puppy. So he was, had a lot of oomph to his pole. And he was dragging the guy down the street to get home. And the guy was very frustrated. And when he got home, the dog just collapsed on the carpet and then wouldn't go anywhere. And he was confused. He said, you know, you dragged me all the way down the street. And now you won't move at all. Well, he looked at the dog's feet. The dog had burns on his pads. It had burned from the pavement. The dog was running to get off the pavement. So please, please, please be careful of the dog's pads. I talked a little bit about beach sand and how that affects dogs' pads and things like that in an earlier show. So be sure to go to Pet Life Radio and check out the Get Positive Results page because we did a whole thing at the beginning of summer, I believe it was, on traveling with your pet. So if you're thinking about taking a big adventure with your pet and you want some travel tips, be sure to check that show out. Some areas of the country, mine is one of them, do not have sidewalks. We have a few in some subdivisions, but they're not popular here. I grew up in Maryland, and they have lots of sidewalks in Maryland. I wasn't aware that there were situations where they didn't exist until I moved around. And so when you're walking in areas without sidewalks, your dog's pretty much going to be on the street. So you just need to be careful. Sometimes you're going to walk them on the grass if that's available, and that's very helpful. If you live in a place like Arizona, grass is precious, a precious commodity. I do understand that. So you may not have a lot of grass to ease those paw pads, but just be careful. Dogs can also get cuts on those paw pads, too. So be careful of that. Remember, too, that dogs are really, really stoic. And some breeds more than others. I had Labradors. I'll be talking about them more today. And they were so tough. They were so stoic. And they would never let you know that they were hurt. So I had to learn to be a better pet parent and really watch them for really subtle signs when they were injured because they would just suck it up and go on. The Belgian Tiburon I have now, Sawyer, he's a wimp. So <laughs> if something happens to Sawyer, he's pretty much going to let me know that he's in crisis, and which makes it a little bit easier for me because I don't have to keep such a close eye on him because he's really good about telling me when he's hurt. But some dogs are really, really stoic, and you have to step in for them. Some dogs will run themselves ragged. They will just go, go, go without any break. It can confound people. I, I have clients who get confused because their dogs, what they perceive to be stubbornness, is intermittent. What happens is the dog will randomly stop walking or randomly not want to go in and out of the car. But then at other times, they'll go to the dog park and run their full heads off. And it's all about the motivation for dogs, for people as well. But for dogs, it's all about the motivation. And if dogs won't go in and out of the car, they stop going up and down stairs, and they had done so previously, always check for something physical, even if it's intermittent. Because a lot of times those dogs getting in and out of the car is boring. They're in and out of the car frequently. That's not exciting. But the dog park is a blast. So they will do the weekend warrior thing and run and play with their little doggy friends. And then when they're done, they hurt. It catches up with them. They realize <laughs> they don't learn from these mistakes either. They'll do it again the next week. So we have to step in for them. So in any case of all these dogs going out and having these adventures, we have to be the smart ones and keep an eye on them. And you know your dog. You know when there's something wrong. And you know if you have a tough one that's going to try to work it out. Sometimes we have to intervene more than we want to. Big thing to look out for in the heat, of course, is heat stroke. Heat stroke is an emergency. You have to get to your dog to the veterinarian as soon as you can. Heat stroke is nothing to trifle with. Here are the symptoms you're going to look out for. Really heavy panting. Uh, they're going to have struggling to breathe. The tongue and the mucous membranes are going to go bright red. They're not going to be a pale pink. They're going to be really bright red. And their saliva is going to be thick. When you see that, 
your dog is probably overheating. They may also vomit. It just depends on the severity of it. First thing you should do is try to cool them as much as you can, and then you need to really take them to a vet. The heat stroke can trigger lots of other things in a dog. So even if they start to feel better, please take them to the vet anyway, because you never know if something's going to be following up later because of that little episode of heat stroke. But hopefully those symptoms are going to help you learn what they are early on. The later symptoms are much more severe, but let's not even go there. Let's just stop it when we see it's happening and prevent it even better. And then go to our vet and make sure that your dog's okay. Also know that different temperatures affect dogs differently. We're all the same in that. I get cold really easy. That's why I like the summer so much. It doesn't take much to make me cold. I keep a sweater with me in case I get cold or if I go out at night and things like that. And dogs are the same way. Some dogs are really easily affected by the heat, especially if they have very short coats or very little body fat. And other dogs can handle it just fine. Some dogs be outdoors all day and they're absolutely fine. A type of dog that's going to suffer worst in the heat is the braxophallic dog. I hope I said that right. Braxophallic? Those are the smush-faced guys. The little pugs and the English bulldogs and some Boston Terriers. They're going to have those little smush faces. They can't breathe. So if you are overheated and you can't breathe, then that's going to make it worse for you. So if you have a little smush faced one, you're going to keep a close eye on that dog too to make sure that he or she isn't overdoing it. So all this preparation is awesome. This is great. We're ready to go on our adventure. So what's next? We'll talk about that after these messages. We'll be right back right after these messages. Stay tuned. Dogs leave fur wherever they go. It collects all over the home. There are many tools designed to stop dog hair spreading, but their effectiveness varies, and afterwards you have to clean the tool, then the floor. With the Dyson Groom Tool, you simply deploy the bristles, then gently brush the coat. Loose fur is removed, while dead skin and allergens are captured by the vacuum. And to clean up, you simply release the trigger. To get this awesome Dyson Groom Tool, go to DysonDeals.com. That's DysonDeals.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Jeff Werber, host of Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio. Please join us at our new time on Sundays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and noon Eastern Time when we get callers who call in a question about their pet or email me a question that I read live on air. Kong is going to send out a free Kong toy. So you get free advice, lots of information, and a ProSense and or a Kong toy just for calling in here to Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff on Pet Life Radio. That is a great deal. We want you to take advantage of me because that's why I'm here. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Get Positive Results on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Teody Anderson, and we are talking about end of summer fun. I hope you are joining me in the denial. I've tied a knot in the end of the rope of summer, and there's plenty of room to have you join me as we hold on to it. I know some of you are ready for fall, and I I do like fall, but I just really like the warmer months better. So there are lots of things that you can do 
in this beautiful weather with your dog. You can go to the beach. I gave tips on that earlier show that I mentioned earlier today as well. So if you check out the Get Positive Results page, you can find the travel tips. Some people love to take their dogs to a beach. Make sure it's a dog-friendly beach, of course. But what if you want to go swimming or take your dog swimming? Some dogs are natural swimmers. Some should be, but aren't. My first lab, my heart dog, was named Cody, and he was a three-legged lab. He was missing his front left leg. He had some abuse as a puppy, and um, some kind people found him and rescued him. My veterinarians had to amputate his leg to save his life, and I adopted him from my veterinarian soon after that. And Cody was the love of my life. He was, he was a wonderful, wonderful, sweet dog. He was a therapy dog, and he's the reason why I'm a trainer today. But when Cody got older, he was one of those stoic dogs, and it took me a long time to figure out that there was a problem going on. He developed very severe hip dysplasia in both hips. He also had arthritis in his front elbow. Now, the arthritis was probably due to all the pounding that he put on that front leg because it was his only leg up front there. But the dysplasia can be genetic. And what hip dysplasia is, is that the hip and the socket don't fit very well anymore, causes arthritis, and it's extremely painful, very painful for dogs. There are things that you can do for it. You can do surgeries, but it was really hard for him to have surgery because I didn't have a spare leg for him to stand on. He was only three-legged to begin with. So one of the things that was suggested to me was to take him swimming. Now, he was an older dog at this point. I think he was probably nine, eight or eight, maybe eight, and... I had never taken him swimming. It just never came up. I didn't have a pool. I didn't, I live near a lake. I just never thought to take him there. So I didn't know what he was going to do. A friend of mine who's wonderful, she's a veterinarian technician, and she was also one of my former assistants at my dog training. She volunteered her pool. So we took Cody to the pool and we were prepared because remember, I'm a planner. I'm a preparer. So we came up with this wonderful game plan of what we were going to do and we were going to acclimate him very slowly to the pool and we were going to take it easy and we had lots of cheese and cookies for him to make it really positive. We had this whole plan we spent and we were going to do. We both had our suits on. She gets in the water so she can be there when he gets in and I'm with him on the stairs and we stop at the first stair and hang out there for a little while and I gave him some cookies and then we went to the next stair and hung out there for a while and gave him some cookies and... I'm like, okay, are we ready? She's like, I'm ready. And she was prepared. And he went bloop and he went do, 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 do. And he just started swimming off. We're like, oh, well, that's good. <laughs> Guess we didn't need to do all that planning. Planning is always helpful. And we didn't need it. He just, he just plopped in and started swimming. It was amazing. Now, bless his heart, he didn't swim straight. He was only a one-legged dog up front. So he would swim a little bit in circles. So uh, we had to guide him a little bit, and uh, we would bring him out to the pool, some frequent breaks there. He didn't end up loving swimming. It ended up actually being a lot of work for him to do it. And so I tried later with a rehabilitation veterinarian, and we tried to work in her pool, one of those really fancy pools that have the jet streams that they can swim against, and it did not help him. It has helped lots and lots of dogs, but that particular therapy did not work for him as much and he didn't enjoy it so we stopped it but he I was amazed that he could swim so well now my other lab Logan Logan didn't like the water he'd get a bath he thought baths were fine but he wouldn't set foot in a lake I tried much earlier with him thinking that that swimming would help him as he got older and uh, it was so funny I would take him to ponds and I would throw something in the pond for him to fetch and he would pose handsomely next to the water but he's like, oh, I'm, I'm not going in. I'm not doing that. He was pretty funny. So he was a lab who didn't like to swim at all. So they do exist. But swimming can be a lot of fun for your dog. Don't throw them in the water and have them learn to swim that way. There's no need to do that. Your dog's going to trust you less 
for doing it. And what if something goes wrong? We don't want to risk that because then it would be your fault and you couldn't live with yourself. So do it gradually. Go ahead and prepare, preferably something with stairs or a slope. Get them used to it easily. Don't force them to go in if they don't want to. You should never force a dog to confront his fear. That's not safe. It can cause lots of other problems. Whether or not you have a pool, it's still kind of fun for dogs to have a baby pool. And you could probably get some really good deals on baby pools right now, now that it's end of season. Get a baby pool fill it halfway up with water in the backyard, have your dog go splash around. I know lots of dogs that love that. It's a good way for them to cool off. You can also play games in the pool. You can throw in some tennis balls and have them bob for tennis balls in the pool. Baby pools can be a great source of fun and some really fun video for you as well to post on Facebook. If you're going to put them in a regular pool, be sure you start and end with the stairs. Always teach your dog where the stairs are. Don't ever let them scramble up the side of the pool because what's going to happen is they're going to get tired. They're not going to be able to do that and then they're going to panic. So we always want them to know what the stairs are first. So if you're thinking about teaching your dog about swimming pools, always start with the stairs. Another thing that's fun about end of summer and pools is that throughout the country, some community pools, the last day that they're open will allow dogs. So if you don't have access to a pool, Sometimes these community pools, they figure, okay, we don't have to clean the pool again. This is going to be the last thing. Now dogs can come in with all that dog hair. I have friends who have told me about this in different locations. I believe one is in Iowa City. I can't remember the exact location. But it's a community pool, and the last day, they charge admission, and all of the proceeds go to a local rescue. And dogs are allowed to come. And it's it, they're not allowed at any time of year, but it's the last day that the pool is open. They open it just for the dogs. The dogs go splashing about and have a lot of good fun. And then they close the pool for the season and do the thorough cleaning. I think that's an awesome idea, by the way. If you are in the pool business and you haven't considered that, please do because uh, charities can benefit from it and the dogs can benefit from it and everybody seems to have a good time. If you're going to go to a lake or river or ocean, Again, just make it really gradual for your dog. Don't force them to go in. Make sure they don't drink any of that water, too. You really don't want them drinking that water. You can buy life jackets for dogs. And if you're concerned about taking them boating or taking them on a paddleboard with you, get a life jacket. Just in case, if they ever go down the side, you can grab them. Life jackets are really handy. They have a handle on them, so you can grab your dog a little bit easier. Dogs, again, don't turn themselves off as well as we would like. So the dog that is chasing the ball and chasing the ball and chasing the ball in the lake over and over again is going to get tired. And you don't want him to get tired when he's out in the middle of the lake because then he's not going to be able to make it back to shore without a little help. So life jacket couldn't hurt. Give them lots of rest breaks, whether they want them or not, and you'll be much safer for it. But I think that could be a lot of fun. Speaking of boats, if you're going to take them out on the boat, make sure they're having a good time. Be safe. We went out uh, a couple weeks ago on a little sea-doo boat, and we were going very, very fast, and my boyfriend's four-pound Yorkie was with us, and it got a little bouncy for her. It was, it was a bouncy day on the water, and it got a little bouncy for her, so I ended up holding her in my lap and telling her it was going to be okay, because she's a tiny little thing, and she was bouncing around quite a bit. So she had a good time by the time it was all over. You want to make sure that you 
tire them out a little first if you're going to put them on a paddleboard or a canoe or a raft because you don't want your dog running circles around you while you're trying to balance on a paddleboard. Lots of people like to take their dogs paddleboarding. I would love to try it. I just started paddleboarding this summer. I've only been a couple times and I loved it. I don't know that I would try it with Sawyer, the Belgian. I'm not sure I would do that. He's a little hyper, but the Papillon, wouldn't he be cute at the head of a paddleboard? He'd be adorable. And I think he might enjoy it. He, he might enjoy looking out and pretending that he was directing where we were going. Be aware of the sun. You're wearing a hat usually when you're out there or a baseball cap or something, but your dog doesn't. So always be aware of the sun. If they're going to be on a boat for a while with you, make sure they've got some shade. And again, always bring water. The other thing that reminds me of summer and endless summer is surfing. There's not a lot of surfing where I am. I'm in the middle of the state. And even on the coast, there's not a lot of surfing where we have. There's some. But you can teach your dog to surf. Now, Arden Moore, who's also on Pet Life Radio, and if you haven't checked out her show, Oh Behave, you need to. She's Arden is wonderful. But her dog, Cleo, is a member of SoCal Surf Dogs, and she has taught Cleo to surf. And there's lots of dogs that really enjoy it. They think it's a great time. So you might want to even consider teaching your dog to surf. Teach yourself to surf, too. Other summer things that occur to me are hiking and camping. I am not a camper. (laughs) I like hiking, but I want to go back to the hotel at the end of the day. I am not a tent kind of person. It does not appeal to me. I have lots of friends who love to camp, and I totally respect that. I'm just not one of them. I'm like, all right, I'll meet you tomorrow morning, but I'm going to be back at the hotel with my running water and my electricity, and I will catch up with you later. Maybe a tricked-out RV. I might be able to do one of those really nice tricked-out RVs, but camping is just not my thing. If you want to take your dog hiking with you, always be aware that not every trail allows dogs, especially with the government or state-run parks or national parks. You want to make sure that your dog is allowed because you don't want to cause problems and you don't want to end up having your day ruined because a park ranger yells at you. So make sure that your dog is going to be allowed and you can teach your dog to backpack. They make backpacks for dogs, and it even comes in little Finian, my Papillon-sized dog. I think Finian would be horrified to learn that I could give him a backpack. I don't think that would be up his alley. But I have some friends with Papillons that have, they have their cutest little backpacks, and they just trot down the trails with their backpacks. So you can teach your dog to backpack. You're going to take it easy. You're going to make the backpack a really positive experience. You're going to put on the backpack and give them lots of cookies and then take the backpack off. Put the backpack on, give them lots of cookies, take the backpack off. Feed all their meals while they're wearing the backpack. So you put the backpack on, you give them their breakfast. Once they're done with the breakfast, you take the backpack off. And associate it with really happy times and your dog will learn to love the backpack. When you first start out, of course it should be empty. (laughs) You're not going to load them down with all your stuff while you first start out. Even those big dogs, you really want them to get used to wearing it, start really light, and then they can start carrying stuff. But Folks that I know go camping, their dogs carry water, their dogs carry their own dog food in the backpack. So that could be really fun for your dog. Of course, if you're thinking about hiking or camping, this is why I don't like camping. Bugs. I just can't stand them. Insects. So there are ticks out there, folks. There are fleas, there are ticks, there's biting spiders. There's all sorts of nasty things out there. Make sure your dog is up to date on preventive, on flea and tick preventive, and make sure that you have your bug spray on too. And this is also a good place to teach that leave it cue. Have that leave it cue handy because you'll be going right along and your dog's going to want to smell something and you're ready to move on or they're going to see something and maybe want to move on to that. A deer, 
So make sure that you've got a good leave it queue or, of course, keep them on leash. They should be on leash anyway, so make sure that they stay close to you. But leave it can really come in handy when you're on a hiking trail. Not everybody is a conscientious person and they're going to leave trash on the trail, which is terrible. You're not going to do that. But if somebody does leave trash on the trail and your dog picks it up, you don't know what's been in there. So you want to use a really good leave it. Make sure that when you do go hiking and camping that you're still looking for all those signs of heat stroke and all those other things. Make sure you take frequent breaks and just make sure that both of you are having a good time. If your dog looks miserable on the hiking trail, then it's time to stop. They also sell different kinds of tents just for dogs. They're like crates, basically, like a canvas crate, except it's like a little tent. And so your dog can have his own place if you want to, or of course, be with you in the tent and keep you company at night and away from bears and all the other things. It's the reasons why I don't go camping. But uh, it, I know I, it can be a lot of fun and dogs love it. They love being out in nature. They, they, dogs smell so much more than we do. They can scent so many things that we can't. And so it is just a field day for them, even if it's just a hike, even if it's just a walk in your local park. To your dog, that's going to mean the world. Even if you can't fit in an official hike or official camping trip, take an hour. Take your dog for a walk. They're going to love you for it. What about picnics? Picnics are so much fun. You definitely take your dog on a picnic. You can pack a lunch for you, pack a lunch for your dog. You can go to a nearby park. It would be great. Picnics can be fun. You put a little blanket out and just get out. Just get out and and relax. I have a recipe for you. I promised I would share a recipe. Now, if you're driving or you're not able to write this recipe down, please don't worry. I will post it either on my website or I will put a link to it on the Get Positive Results Pet Life Radio page. So be sure to check out PetLifeRadio.com after the show and you can get a link to this recipe. But just because you're making yourself this fancy gourmet picnic doesn't mean your dog should be left out. So this is a recipe for a really popular treat that we use in our classes. They're called turkey cheese balls. And not only would these be fun for you to take on a picnic, they're also really good training treats. So every time we take our dogs in unfamiliar environments, the distractions are going to be greater. So you need even better treats to keep their attention on you. So this will serve a dual purpose. But here's what you're going to need. They're so easy to make. If you can't bake, don't worry about it. These are so easy. You're going to need a pound and a half of ground turkey, a half a cup of Parmesan cheese, one cup of steamed and mashed sweet potatoes. Don't these sound good? A cup of quick oats. And if you want to, you can add just a pinch, not any more than that, just a pinch of garlic powder. That's up to you. You're going to preheat the oven to 350 degrees. You're going to throw everything in a bowl. (laughs) Just throw everything, mix it all together. How easy is that? One inch balls. You're going to roll them into one little inch balls and put them on a non-greased baking sheet. And you're going to bake them for 15 to 20 minutes or until they're done. Your house is going to smell delicious. These are really good, actually. I've tried them. For us, they would need salt. I like a little bit more salt, but dogs, they don't need all that sodium. So... But they're very tasty. Now, these do have to be refrigerated or frozen. So if you want, before your trip, make a little batch, throw them in the freezer. They'll be ready to go and thawed by the time you get to your destination. Make sure you don't leave them in the picnic bag when you come home because they will turn a horrific shade of something, green or something, because they do have to be refrigerated. But to have them out going to a picnic, that would be fun for your dog. And if you do try them, tell me how your dog likes them. We have used these treats in class for dogs that were really, really shy and wouldn't respond to other treats. And they seem to love these more. We make liver treats too, but the dogs seem to like these even better. And they're really good for them. They've got sweet potatoes and ground turkey, so it's got a lot of really good ingredients in there. There are other things that you can do, of course, with your dog if you don't want to take them on a picnic or you want to explore other ideas. Mini trips. 
you know, take them to a local store that allows dogs. Here we've got a bunch of stores that will allow dogs to come in. You can take them to outdoor dining. After we were done on the boat with my boyfriend's little Yorkie, we went and we had dinner and she came with us and she was on her leash and the wait staff oohed and odd over her. She's adorable. She's been to several restaurants with us. My boys have been to restaurants with me sitting outside. Usually if, if a restaurant has outdoor seating, they will usually allow pets there. It just depends on the restaurant. They don't always allow it. But most times the wait staff is so sweet and so friendly and they'll bring your dog a bowl of water. Really nice. And it's really nice. You're, again, your dog gets to go out. Don't let them, you know, nose somebody next door in the seat next to you and then hop up on the table. Make sure that they're fairly well behaved before you do that. Or position them at a table in a chair where they're not going to interfere with other patrons of the restaurant. You do want to be invited back. But that could be a lot of fun, too. Have you ever considered going to a movie with your dog? Sometimes in the summer, local parks have these outdoor movies. And sometimes they're just for kids, but I happen to love kids' movies too. But you could take your dog to the park and curl up on the blanket, watch a movie. Here, we have a drive-in. If you've never been to a drive-in, I haven't been here yet to mine, but I hear there can be tremendous fun. Your dog's allowed in the car, and I think that they have a special night, too, that dogs are allowed, and they have a little contests and things. So as long as they're on leash, as long as they're behaved and not barking through the entire movie, you could take your dog to the drive-in, have a little night out, and your dog's going to really love that. And, of course, that isn't only limited to summer, but most outdoor movies are only shown in the summer. I don't think the local Metroplex is going to let you bring Fido in for a movie, but uh, it depends. It all depends. You might find one. You know, soon enough, those of us that live in these climates that are going to get cold are going to want to just retreat into our shells and pull out the sweaters and the gloves and the scarves and just stay indoors. So while you can, just try to make the most of your summer and do something fun with your dog. Back to school is very important, and I will be talking about back to school in my next show. We're going to be talking about taking your dog back to school and what to look for in a trainer and lots of good tips and things that can go wrong as well. I'll be sharing lots on that show. But in the meantime, I hope you have fun. I hope you enjoy what's left of the summer. And I hope you and your dog find ways to make it fun for each other. In fact, this weekend, I'm going to go try herding again. We got rained out last time. I'm going to try herding with Sawyer. And I'll be sure, if we make it, to report back on that. Thank you again for listening to Get Positive Results on Pet Life Radio. I'll see you next time. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.